Good afternoon and welcome to the arts programme on Ross FM. Um, a really packed show this afternoon. Going from Biddy to Jack and back again and uh, we have um, a couple of pre-recorded interviews and uh, two phone calls to make as well. Our first guest on the programme this afternoon is Rita Oates and I'm sure Rita is no um, stranger to the people of Roscommon but let me introduce Rita uh, herself and let me just find the right button to press. Uh, okay, Rita, are you there? I am, Ursula. How are you this evening? Not too bad in yourself. A bit of a chilly day here in Roscommon. It is, it is, it is. But the rain is keeping away. The rain. It's good for the Easter parade. We're having great plans for it. Oh, uh, right. Yeah. Can I just introduce you first? I mean, um, I've asked you to come along to introduce somebody else, but yeah, just introduce you first. Rita Oates, you're a mixed medium artist, and uh, we have chatted before on the arts programme on Ross FM. And I suppose what I would particularly remember from our chat is um, colour influences. Yes, 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 yes. Thank you. <laughs> you have a great memory indeed. Yeah. Sure, I love art. You know, it's, it's my form of meditation. So um, I suppose because I, I do it myself, it, it brings me in contact with other artists and, and creativity in general, you know. Yeah, and I think as well as that, um, b- being a mixed medium artist um, and being able to introduce colour means it's not just in scarves or in... Um, you know, in pictures, in in cards, in you know, a, a variety of things, but you are able to introduce colour. I am, I am. I used to work a lot in um, black and white, and I love the delicacy and the gentleness of graphite, but um, recently I'm using colour far more. It, it probably creates more emotion in a picture, um, and it definitely takes more time for me anyway. But, um, you know, we work through processes, and, and it's about developing the skills in all the different ways that are possible, you know. Okay. Well, now, um, Rita, today we're chatting about um, a muriel that's on the side of your building, and I think the locals call it the Bank Building or the Ulster Bank Building, but I'd call we it... Were, we were originally the Bank of Ireland before um, the bank moved over to Harrison Hall, the centre town. The bank, would have built, the bank of Ireland would have built our building, you know, so it's a beautiful building as a result, you know, the limestone and the red and um, stonework. It's actually beautiful. So the, the bank manager in the past lived upstairs and um, the bank was on the ground floor. So um, And it goes all the way back to the garden station or the new car park that we have now. You know, so it was beautiful grounds in the centre of the town. And it's called ETL now. Yes, ETL. Craft and gift shop. My, we're 38 years in the summer now um, as a gift shop. We had, we had many new uh, pathways to follow as, as retail changed in life. We were initially a news agency and then we did music and with downloading that moved us on uh, toys at the stage um, but now we're primarily a gift shop and um, I suppose art is a strong part of that gift shop probably because of my own interest in art and um, from that interest I suppose I always would have promoted and bought craft, Irish craft um, and Irish artists so um, I've been able to move quietly and gently more and more in that field in that area. Yeah and no, it is, it is a, a, an artist shop and it's a shop where you can browse around and um, you know there's a variety of artists there as well as, as your own work as well uh, and yeah and what I like about the colouring in your work is the way it um it develops. The yeah, colours yeah. develop. You have a yeah. a way of developing. 
It's because I use so many mediums. Like I use watercolor, oils, acrylic. I don't stay with one medium, and it lets me um, take the medium and and use it to say what I want, whether it's gentleness or strength or um, you know vibrance. So uh, yeah, I suppose it's just that I I work in so many different mediums, which I enjoy, which I really enjoy. But the the building at the moment is, is hosting. Um, Joe Kazan, who's a wonderful artist from our town, and I suppose it's wonderful when um, we can cherish our own, because uh, Joe uh, would have gone to school with my children, and he would have been, he would know many of the haunting places to hide in our, our, our building when they were younger with Ross and Nessa, you know, so um, he, he's quite renowned, I mean, my, my son would have been in London, and Joe invited him to one of his exhibitions, you know, and Ross was just so um, amazed at, at his his fame over there and how how popular his work was, and yet he, he, he as I said he invited the Roscommon lads he was in school with and since you know quite a bit of the evening talking to them and explaining his work you know but um, he's quite renowned he's, he's gone to Germany at the moment uh, and since he was with us he, he did another mural in Tullamore but mm-hmm. probably. Um, the one in the National Art Gallery is just beautiful. It's stunning. You know, there was RT would have done a program on his uh, creating that piece. You know, but um, so we're very very lucky that he came back to Roscommon. He always wanted to, and um, the Chamber of Commerce with um, the County Council uh, saw the opportunity to use the Rural Development Scheme to um, develop the, a project that would, you know, bring art and creativity to the centre of the town, particularly when they would mean the civic space on the main street and the square. So it just all fell in place. And I'd be so grateful to Brendan Allen, the, the president of the Roscommon uh, Chamber of Commerce and the County Council for putting it together and making it happen, you know, um, because nothing happens quietly. And you know the beautiful thing is, uh, um, I feel the square, the town centre, Roscommon has so many buildings of heritage. They not only have the castle and the abbey, but they have, you know, the Harrison Hall, as I mentioned, the museum, Gleason's townhouse there on the square, the jail, and our own building. So you have this wealth of beautiful architecture. And I suppose Joe's work um, is bringing people to the town. The number of people that have called me from Galway, Sligo, and said, how long will it last? And when will it complete? And that they're coming to visit the town. And I often feel we don't have the Shannon like that Lone or Cargan Shannon has. But we need to um, develop and to create the interest in the beautiful buildings and um, walks we have around the summer. You know, like the, the new civic space now has walking um, signs to tell you this is the town park in the castle to your left and, and down to your right is the abbey. So, you know, you can see more and more strangers coming in and walking the town and being able to sit now and look at um, the buildings on the civic, uh, around the civic space, you know. Yeah, that sounds... Uh, well, it is a beautiful town. It's, uh, there's something quaint about the town. Yes, yes. And, you know, when we, we lived above uh, ETL for, for 20 years, and when we first... When my children were young and the, the, the shop was opened, there, there was at least 120 young people in the town, in the centre of the town. Like, there was eight in our house. Burke's next door had five. Gleason's had five more. The Regan's had another... Uh, so you, the, the town centre was full of young people, children playing, and the vibrance of that 
And today, I see there isn't 20 on the Pyramidian Street living. And, uh, you know, that's what's happened to so many town centres, that they've become quite um, lonely with people moving out for various reasons. And um, the, as I said, the rural development scheme is to bring that back, bring that life to the centre of the town. And it's a wonderful uh, opportunity to, to um, create that interest and bring people again. Because when my children were young and they were, I had a to get them to go to sleep, I said, you know, when, when five red cars pass, you have to go to bed. And, you know, in, in four minutes, five red cars would have passed, and it was wonderful. Whereas now, when the evenings come, people don't travel. They say, you know, they stay in the circular road and go home. So town centres are becoming less and less used. And as I said, there's such character in our town and the town centres besides big prefab buildings that are just put there, um, square blocks, you know. So it's about cherishing and... Um, Developing. And, yes, yes, and appreciating that. You know? yeah. And I always feel that um, art, and I feel this strongly, believe it, that we absorb art. When you go to a play school with your children, you feel the fun. And it's the rainbows and the flowers on the walls and the Mickey Mouses that make you feel that play. Or if you go to a church, you know, you feel reflective. And it's the architecture and the art that creates that feeling within you. And so too, when you, you can sit in the town square now and look across at the jail and wonder about Lady Death. Uh, you know, I wonder about, you know, our heritage and walk down to our castle. So, you know, it's for even our children to talk about where we've come from and where and everything like that. And like Joe's, um, Joe's mural is based on um, the, the Roscommon crest and even makes you think, what did he, how did he um, create this piece of art from that? And it was his study of that the crest contains an oak tree. It contains the, the farming fruit and the sheep. And it contains a crown, so, and he, he, he did clean wave of that. But it was all about um, the, the sheep, which is on our building, is associated with protection and new beginnings and new pathways. And it was his way of representing coming out of COVID, the strength of the Roscommon people, and how they would find new pathways and the resilience to, to get through their COVID experience. So, um, as I said, people can think there and uh, sit and look at it and like it or dislike it. But it makes you think and wonder. And um, with children, you see their excitement and, uh, you know, and their imagination, you know, when they're passing. Look at the sheep. What is it, Nami? It's gorgeous. And it's just lovely to, to see that innocence um, expressed and, and interest, I suppose, in the art. And can I just ask you, um, can you describe that again? The crown, the sheep, and what was the third thing? The, the oak tree. The oak the, tree. He, so he, it, he studied the, uh, the Roscommon crest, and he saw, you know, I was talking to him about it, and he was saying, you know, wherever you go, um, Roscommon people, you'll see them in New York or London with the, the jersey, and how they identify with the, the Roscommon jersey, which has the crest on it. So particularly with COVID and people not able to come home, he just saw it as such a symbol of... of of identity and what he found in the crest was the oak tree um the crown which he he is thinking the piece was being made about it and then the sheep which is uh the farming community yeah it's so strong in her and he saw that that associated with protection a 
and new beginnings and new pathways. And so he created this piece. And initially he was just having the sheep in it, but then he decided to have the, the lamb because he saw young people, as I said, in New York and London, wearing the jersey. And I identified with that county. And can I just ask you, is that on the wall or is that on uh, some sort of um, a paper that's put on your wall? He, he initially draws the piece and then he scales it up. And it's, it's, uh, um, it's like wallpaper, a thin wallpaper on delicate paper, which he puts up piece by piece, literally like wallpaper. And um, he has to scale it to fit the building and particularly to work around the windows. And it will, it, it, depending completely on the weather, it should last between six and 12 months. And it will slowly come away and you'll wash it away because he did, in December he did tests for the red book we have. And he did three different tests on using different, how long the, the, it would last, you know, and one it lasted from December until he arrived now. And um, so he, 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 he tests because it's totally sustainable and it's totally um, biodegradable. Okay. It's, it's, it's green friendly in every sense of the world, you know. And you must be very proud to have it on your building. Oh, I am. I'm very proud and I'm delighted. And it's, it's, it's probably wonderful. He is so, he was so excited because the, the new um, civic space lets you really from the, all the way from the jail, you can walk up and view it. And the way the light sits behind the building, because it's north facing, so in the evening you can see the the, the sky and the clouds behind it, and it it really comes very white, and it it, it sits so well with the limestone underneath. So yeah, it 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 really worked out as a beautiful piece. And as I said, I can't believe the reaction of people from it's it's so so positive and enjoying it and loving it, and I suppose. Celebrating with Dominant Artists because I'm also, I would have done a course with, in, um, with the Design Craft Council of Ireland and Una Burke was on it and she's a lovely with Dominant Artists and again quite renowned, renowned. You know the way sometimes the nearer the church the further from God. Yes. The people are known abroad and not known in their home counties. But Una is from Roscommon and she, her work is leather based. And she's given me some pieces to display in my window for the Easter parade, in which she had bags and um, leather pieces. And um, she she's just a beautiful artist. And her work will be here for Easter. And um, it's it's it's, it's worn by people like Madonna. It's in Star Wars and Star Trek. So it's amazing how famous and renowned she is. And Again, another Roscommon artist. And your piece in your window. Just tell me, when is the the, um, the Easter parade? The Easter parade. We're having a festival um, again uh, on the square for the Saturday. There's going to be a lot of music on the square, like we did at Christmas, where there was. Um, oh, that was brilliant. Each a stage in which. So that's going on on the Saturday, and then on the Sunday, we're very lucky. It's the hundred years at the Garda's. Uh, and they're celebrating it, and the guards band are coming down to be in the Easter parade. So I mean, like usually we go to Crow Park to hear them, but we're going to be this Easter Sunday able to hear them on the square with Carmen. So it should be a wonderful event, and hopefully the weather will hold because so much work goes in. You know, community work. It's like our Christmas lights. There's yeah. such a wonderful spirit of community in in the the parade committee and the work they put into it and um, 
I know there's JJ Cash. Uh, you shouldn't name people Koch McCon, um, the the Red Parrot. There, there's so many people that put work into it and make it such a success. So hopefully the weather will allow for us to, to really, really enjoy it by children, young and old, you know. And then we'll just go back to Joe Kesslin. Um He has a piece up in Tullamore. He has. It just was launched this week. And if you Google uh, Joe Kasdan, you can, you know, or go to Instagram, you'll be able to see a lot of his work. But he, he um, did a beautiful piece on the tower in Tullamore. Yeah. And if I'm not correct, it had to do with, I think, um, I, I, maybe it was, uh, because he taught there for years. He taught in oh. school there. And he only uh, gave up teaching with COVID itself. He decided to concentrate on his art totally and, and, and not try to juggle all the balls at the same time. So he went back there, like he came back to a salmon uh, to, to do a piece for that. In the National Museum in Belfast, he's a beautiful piece at the moment. And he would have done a, a very um, famous piece for the referendum, um, which would have been in Dublin. He, he, he's worked on the Trinity College, on the, the front of Trinity College. So he is quite renowned. So I, I'd encourage people to Google him. And I have done. And... All these beautiful pieces. Yeah, he has some amazing pieces and some black and white pieces done through kind of a, more of a pencil um, um, type of um, type of print. Um, absolutely uh, amazing. And to think that he's actually from Roscommon. Yes, and he's a lovely, he's, he's a lovely um, gentleman. It was, it was wonderful to work with him. His personality is so easygoing and down to earth. And um, yes, it was, it was lovely um, well, to work him. And his father was here, testing and helping him, and so they made a great team. For, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, we'll have to get him on the arts programme at some stage, Rita, so we'll have to use your influence. Uh, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Well, he's a gentleman. I can't speak highly enough that it was wonderful to work with him. Um, and it was wonderful that he came back to his government and gave us such time and um, research for the project to, I suppose, recognise and be proud of being with Gammon. Rita, can I thank you so much for being on the Arts Programme on Ross FM one more time, once again, and no doubt we'll catch up soon again. And, uh, I, and I encourage people to come and enjoy the peace part in the centre of the town and all the new civic spaces and, and the parade. Yes, okay. and I, 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 I have to say, I've seen the piece of art myself and it is well worth seeing. And like you said, different times of the day gives it a different influence, so it's worth uh, coming at different times as well. Rita? It is. Happy okay. Easter to you. Thank you so much. Happy Easter. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Going across to our ads now, and we will be back with uh, another artist to chat with uh, on the phone. Thank you. So there we are, back on air with the arts programme on Ross FM on Wednesday afternoon. And I am absolutely thrilled and delighted to have my next guest tuned in, Mick Dunlan. Um Hold on a second. I'll make sure he's still there. I'm here. How are you? How are you, Mick? How are you doing? How are things? Not too bad, not too bad. And thank you very much for joining us uh, on <laughs> the Arts Programme Ross FM. Um, Mick from County Mayo originally, um, a, a writer, an artist. And um, tell us a little bit about yourself, first of all. When, how did you start writing? How did you get involved in writing? Uh, well, I suppose I, I was always a writer from a young age. I always had an urge uh, to write. And every time I had a a pen and paper, as it was at the time, I'd always feel the, uh, the, I suppose, again, the urge just to express something on it or to write something on it or to communicate. So uh, I kind of think I kind of started there and then 
like most people, uh, doing essays in school and stories and short story competitions as you grow up and that. And eventually I decided, you know, this is something I, I want to do and, and pursue and, and try to make a go of. And uh, so far, so good. Because <laughs> you know? it can't be easy to start off life as a writer. Um, you know, it's not a... Uh, or am I wrong? No, no, it's very hard. Um, at the beginning, it's very hard because you don't know um, how to go about it. I mean, most people you might start off writing poetry and, and they think they're, you know, that's the way to go with poetry. And then it turns out that uh, there might be a better short story writer or there might even be a better uh, playwright. So it's important, I suppose, that as a writer that you explore all the possibilities, that you don't limit yourself because an awful lot of people can spend their life thinking they're not making it, but they're actually just writing the wrong thing. So I'd always uh, encourage anyone that wants to write whatever you're writing, try to write something that you don't usually write and see does it unlock any talent that you don't know about because that's the thing really to find to find your voice or to find what you're good at, not what you think you're good at. That's and, a big difference. <laughs> and, and that's actually, you know, um, we'll get on to some of your books in a minute, but yeah. you do actually... Um, motivate and encourage and I think you did a class out in the AIT I'm not sure but uh, did you do other classes where you um, mentored writers mm. yeah, you did I in Mayo I, as well actually yeah yeah Mayo taught a little bit down there and then in anyway Galway taught in the, the master's program and the, the BA program and the screenwriting program and then we had a lovely program there in the AIT. We started it from scratch and we built it up um, creative writers for lifelong education. And it was doing very well, just getting, you know, just growing and growing every year. We had yes. um, writers come back and then we had a publication called Tales from the Heart, which is lovely. And some massive talent around Roscommon at Lone coming in from Tullamore, just huge. So it was lovely, really, to work with them. And, I think everybody got a got a nice a nice buzz out of seeing the work in print and, and they learnt a bit as well. So, you know, that was that was a nice experience. And that was a book he published, was it a Tales from the Heart? It was called Tales from the Heart and <coughs> we did it out in the AIT. Um, Mary O'Rourke launched it there, I think it was April two thousand and nineteen. And it was the start of something really, it was a corner turning the corner really for the course because so many writers had got involved and somebody like Mary O'Rourke to launch it and the reception for the for the book itself was very strong, the sales are very strong. So um unfortunately the following year then we were hit with the Court. big Yeah, the un the unnameable and the course then had to take a back seat. So we haven't uh, we haven't been able to get it up and going again since, but it was an absolutely lovely experience at the time, and I'm sure if we get if we can get things back on track, we might we might try it again soon. So yeah, my, my my feedback from that course was that it was a brilliant course, and it was one where people came together and enjoyed their development of their talent, and and as you said, um, sometimes you don't know wh where your writing should be. Um, and, and you need guidance. <coughs> now, for yourself there, Mick, tell us five books, a play. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you, you introduce, which was your first book? Uh, the first book that I wrote was El Nino, um, like after the weather event. Um, 
you know, with the weather, it, it, it turns around every seven years or so. They call it the El Nino. So it was based on a girl. Her name, you, you know, she was born when there was an unusual storm. So they called her El Nino after the uh, phenomenon. And then uh, it was a love story, really, set around Galway and, and that. I was living in Galway at the time. And uh, it went really well. I got an agent. Um, my first book, I secured an agent and we had some, you know, moderate success with it. And, um, but then, you know, the publishing industry uh, is very tight. It's very, um, you know, they don't take risks very often, and it's not something that they always look for um, a first-time author. They always want something extra, like, yeah. you know, yeah. you're a sports star or you're a political um, name or you have some extra unique selling point that will rarely take on just an author on, their, on the basis of, of themselves and their talent. So, um, yeah, that was the first one, and then kept going after that then so this one now that we have is uh, number four so the naked flame <laughs> yeah the naked flame yeah can you tell us what the naked flame is about uh so it's yeah it's a uh, certain at lawn actually um, oh. which is nice yeah um so i'm living in that lawn at the moment and it's a lovely place a very unique uh town in ireland and i've lived in a lot of cities and a lot of countries and Athlone definitely has a special significance, I think, and uh, I love the, the culture and the atmosphere there, creativity around it, and, you know, the Shannon is a constant presence Yes. every time. It's just it's something uh, magnificent about it to live. Just like, like it's inspiring. It's it very inspiring, yeah, yes, very inspiring. I found that too. So, yeah, so we, well, I wrote, wrote the book then around around Athlone, and it's, you know, it's basically a fella there, and he's, he's living in Athlone, and He's getting married and he doesn't want to get married and there's problems in the relationship and then there's a lot there's a lot of comedy in it as well you know the wedding is coming up and uh there's a lot of things like booking limos and booking hotels and the band and booking the photographer and all the kind of antics and sort of comedy that goes with that and things that go wrong so so it's a it's a, a cultural kind of a book and a, and a sad kind of a book and a, and a funny kind of a book at the same time so okay I have to say the cover um, is very, um, you know, it captures you. The cover of the the book and the words "the naked flame" kind of draws you to wanting to look at this book again. You know, to have a look to see what what it's about. Um, you published it in 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 Mayo. You uh, launched it in Mayo. I'm sorry. You launched it in Mayo. And you. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. And you're looking to launch it in a clone? Yes, well, the, the launch in, in Mayo is coming up, so that, that'll be next next Saturday. Okay. So so the, the, the press has gone out on that, and it's quite well, it's getting quite well received, and, you know, there's a lot of people buying it online now and that kind of thing and pre-ordering it, which is mighty. And then love, I'd love to do a, a launch in a clone, then I'm just looking for the right uh, venue. Well, so we, I think, yeah. What about down the square, down opposite Sean's Barman, and might invite uh, Mel, Mel Ray along? Yes, that would be, you know, definitely I was thinking of something along the castle or yeah. around Sean's or around, you know, if the wind, like somewhere outside because the weather is nice. Yeah, if the weather was nice, that would be lovely down there and um, a yeah. few of the authors and, and uh, colleagues and it would be quite close to where you're, you're, you, you are yourself your family would be able to come along too 
look, the book itself is it's set in like it's set in Atlone and specifically around Connock Street and you know around Sean's and around the bridge there. Okay. And goes all the way over to Church Street. You have Carmen Atlone is in it. The piano bar is in it. Uh, Golden Island is in it. The AIT is in it. All the way out there to the Dublin Road and over to Coosan and back again then so it covers the whole you know it even goes in, into places like Tullamore and a little bit that in the snow um, you know so the Midlands really so it's, it, it, it kind of it's an idea to capture the Midlands and the, the mentality of the Midlands so I was happy with that too so. Well we'll have to keep our eye out for uh, the for the venue Mick and um yeah, we'll, we'll we'll make that known on the arts program when we when we do know that and when we have a date for that. Fisherman's, yeah. um, the fisherman's friend. Mm-hmm. That was the one that was um, made into a play. Is that right? Uh, well, no. The I had a play uh, called Radio Luxembourg. Okay. Uh, which is probably recognisable in the radio industry, you know, because... Uh, Never heard there. of Radio Luxembourg. I'm, I'm yeah. quite young, though. I'm, I'm much younger yeah. than, than the rest of you. <laughs> <laughs> so well, we all lived with Radio to, Luxembourg. Yeah, it was a pirate radio station back in the 80s that sort of, um, when things were a lot stricter and you couldn't get the type of um, music or the type of uh, in, inventive music that you'd that a lot of young people had required that you could log into Radio Luxembourg and play all the hits and, yeah. and that. And it was, it was Radio Caroline came after it then, but the play itself then was actually based around a horse called Radio Luxembourg, so just to make it more complicated. And uh, it, was, it was bought by a film company in London, and they liked it and they decided to make a movie out of it. So um, that, was a big, that was a big jump at the time from... Um, fiction to playwriting to to film to the film industry in about the space of about two years okay. so i was very happy with that so i had a, had a movie out there in 2016 so that was really exciting yeah that would be I and mean, again just as you say you started off you, you just wanted to write and, and, and now you have a movie um mm. where do we go from here uh i don't know i suppose like the thing, I suppose, is fiction is something you can always sit down and write, and you don't have to ask anybody or confer with anybody or, or that. So it's it's nice. It's a really self-contained way to write, and you can be as inventive as you like. Um, if you want to go on to theatre, then you can get into things like um, dialogue and characters and actors and, and directing and that. And I, was, I had my own theatre company for a while, and you know that was a really exciting experience because you could write a play. And once you had the actors, you could tour it around and get an audience in. And, you know, it's a great way to learn about what, about to find your voice and what kind of a writer that you are. I'd forgotten and, uh, about your, your theatre work as well, yeah. Yeah, so that's, it's really, you know, I'd, I'd worked with Druid and I worked with RTE and then I had my own theatre company. So that's the one. Um, I was just thinking to myself... Yes, uh-huh. sorry, I was just thinking to myself, if somebody wanted to um, follow you, follow your uh, writing, your um, theatre company, um, yep. when you're back um, putting together uh, um, mentoring, um, how would they go about that? How would they make contact or follow you, um, apart from finding you in it alone? <laughs> w 
www.mickdonnellan.com. Are you on Facebook? And you'll find everything there, then the Facebook and the Twitter. I'm on Facebook and Twitter and all of that. Um, So LinkedIn and everything. So anybody that wants to get in touch or has questions about writing or looking for the books or the plays or anything like that, I'm always always open to chatting to everybody and helping out in any way I can. So it's nice to, to have a writing community, you know. And there is a pretty good writing community uh, in the Midlands. Um, even here, here in Roscommon, more and more, I'm finding that. I'm finding that. I probably didn't realise how much art was in the Midlands until I started doing the arts program here in Ross FM. I mean, I knew it was there, but I didn't realise. Yeah, well, Roscommon is a, an amazing town as well. I mean, you know, I've been there a few times. Does it still have the? The museum there, is there a museum of modern art there at one stage or um, on the main street? Good so question. Ask me one about the Roscommon Arts Centre. So and the Roscommon Arts Centre, yeah. yeah I'll have to um, I know we have a... Kivman, I think, is doing that at the moment, is she? With Fregoli Theatre, I think she's involved with the Roscommon Arts Centre there and they had a residence programme and I've had, I've had some communication with them and their work, you know, it's just outstanding and they're always fascinating to listen to and, and to watch and to, and, to, and to see. So, yeah, just, they're amazing people. Roscommon Arts Centre are just, you know, really um, a beacon of, of artistic light over that site and all this, all this work there's, calling in. There's quite a lot on there uh, at the moment and quite a lot of, um, you know, uh, theatre going on. Uh, the exhibition at the moment, I actually have an interview with the lady, uh, Laura Early, yeah. who's doing um, the Mart Community. And that was right. a fascinating um, insight yeah. into just, you know, the marts we all had in our county or whatever. And um, again, her observations on that really, you know, that will be coming on after the, the ad break, so it will. Right. Mick, um, <clears throat> look forward to catching up with you. Maybe Bloomsday again? Uh, when, for which the... Do you remember last year was Bloomsday, we were all sitting outside of... Um, oh, yeah. Bloomsday, yeah, that was absolutely lovely, wasn't it? Was yeah. it? was a brilliant day. It was frightening. Caroline Coyle and Mal and all that, yeah, we lovely Rosemary day. Langtry, yeah, and Mal, and Rosemary, yeah. yeah. Mal and her <laughs> stories. Oh, <stop laughs> we might leave her at home this year. It'd be, it'd be scary. <laughs> Hello, Mel, if you're listening in. Um, yeah, we'll probably catch up with Bloomsday. We'll all probably be around the, around the area someplace. And um, Mick, can I wish you all the best with your with um, yeah. your, 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 your books and particularly the latest one, um, The Naked Flame. And I'll definitely yeah. have to get a read of that to make sure um, that I find out who the characters are. Oh, you'll find plenty of people you recognise, hopefully. <laughs> or hopefully um, not. <laughs> that's what's worrying me, Mick. <laughs> um, thank you so much for joining that's us good. on Ross FM. Okay. As I said, Thanks, probably Bloomsday. We'll catch up with you then and wish you all the best with what, uh, yeah. what you come up with next. Yep, yeah, appreciate the call. Talk to you soon. Thank bye you. Bye. 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 That's worrying. I wonder who's in it from Atlone. I hope I'm not in it, am I? <laughs> Mick, thank you very much for joining us on the Ross uh, Ross uh, uh, FM on the Arts Programme and I uh, wish you all the best with Naked Flame. The Naked Flame is your latest book and um, make us some other interesting books as well. So it's well worth um, 
having a look at his website. I'm just moving my books around. If I'm making noise, I'm really sorry. Um, I'm just going over to the ads now. And then we'll be back with a couple of uh, pre-recorded interviews. So here we are back on the arts programme on Ross FM. Um, my next, it's not my next guest, it's somebody I've known for a long time, Colin Fahey. Colin Fahey is a musician, a writer of music, I've won many awards, and he's also won the Wedding Singer Award this year again. So um, I'm going to play one of Colin's songs, and it's called This Life. So let's have a listen to that. This Life. That was Colin Fahey, This Life loved by you. No, I'm really pushed for time, so thank you all for all your messages, all your uh, messages that have come in, the phone calls that have come in to um, the main uh, board here. And my next guest is um, Laura Early, who um, has the documentary about the march, the community on in the Roscommon Arts Centre at the moment. And then I'll be going very quickly into Annette Barkley, who is um, on holidays here from Scotland, and she will tell her story. We'll start with April. Sorry, we'll start with Laura Early. Ursula Edwards for the Arts Programme on Ross FM, and I'm absolutely delighted, to, first of all, to be here in Roscommon Arts Centre, and I'm even more delighted to have Laura Early, who has the next exhibition uh, opening here in the Roscommon Arts Centre. Hey, Laura, welcome to um, Thanks, the Arts Programme. Thanks very much for having me. Laura, are you from Roscommon originally? Yeah, I um, I grew up in Roscommon and I went to the convent, the convent of Mercy School in town here. Um, and I've always loved art, so after I did my leave insert, I decided to study art at the National College of Art and Design in Dublin. So I studied textile design for four years, and then I did a two-year master's in uh, art and design education. So that's kind of led me to where I am now. So Laura, um. But tell me your exhibition. The current exhibition here in the Arts Centre is on from the 26th of March until the 14th of April. Um, this exhibition is called The Mart Project, Stories of a Community. Um, this exhibition was supported by Roscommon County Council uh, through the Creative Ireland Initiative, um, through the Creativity and Elderly Fund. Um, it's a multi-sensory exhibition and it's based on my experience of visiting sale days at local livestock marts throughout Roscommon. Um, that, that includes Roscommon Mart, Castlery and Elfin. Um, in the exhibition you will see a range of photographs that I've taken throughout uh, the past year at the marts. Uh, there is an installation of objects that, objects that I saw in the marts um, in the centre of the exhibition and then finally there are audio recordings of interviews between myself and participants, mainly elderly farmers uh, from County Roscommon who spoke to me about their experience with the mart and um, past and present experiences with farming. Will there be many women in the mart? When I was visiting the mart, there was mainly men. Um, there was sometimes children, but very few women, unless it was in the offices. There was a lot of women that work yeah. behind the scenes there, and they do a great job. But majority of the farmers are male, for sure. Would there be a generation or an age gap there? Yeah, there's a lot of um, elderly farmers, but you can definitely see 
uh, a presence of younger farmers there and when I spoke to a lot of the uh, farmers who participated in this project they spoke about how um, younger farmers are dealing with a lot larger numbers and more expensive machinery and they're using technology now more so with COVID and the online marts so there's definitely a mix of age but I suppose the younger generation are dealing with the march in a very different way. Yeah, And I suppose for the march and the older community, it was a community. Absolutely, and I think it still is a community and you definitely can see that uh, it's very vivid when you go up to the canteen or when you stand outside um, when a sale is finished. The, a lot of the farmers gather outside for a chat or a cigarette or even a cup of coffee and you know there's a huge kind of social aspect to the march which I thought was a really lovely part of this community. And maybe something we're, we're losing because of technology. Mm, absolutely, and I think a lot of the the participants in this uh, project kind of noted that with COVID, it was very difficult to um, see fellow farmers or uh, enjoy the mart like they used to because I think the likes of the canteen, it's kind of part of the ritual and the routine of going to the mart um, or even just being beside someone you know and talking about the sale, I think that's that's part of it, a huge part. And tell me about being in the mart itself. What was the atmosphere like for you as a, a non-martyr? Yeah, I mean, it was it was my very first time to go to a mart uh, when I started this project. And the first mart I visited was uh, the mart in Elfin. And I remember when I walked in, I was actually shocked because of the atmosphere it was so... It was just something I'd never experienced before, even though I am from Roscommon. But the uh, the sound of the auctioneer was the most mesmerising part of it. And I was in Dubai a couple of years ago, and it really reminded me of the call to prayer sound that you hear when they're calling um, for the religious ceremony. Yeah. ceremony. So I felt it really sounded like that kind of humming, mesmerising sound. And I thought that was really interesting. And then just even sitting inside the mart, and I sat up really high at the back, and I looked down. I thought it was really entertaining. Um, I think, you know, for farmers, they, they mightn't think it's that exciting. But for somebody who's never been, I loved it. I was really, really into it now. <laughs> They're probably so used to it. It's like when you go to a place of beauty. Yeah. And you go there, and you go, wow. Yeah. And the people that live there say, oh, yeah, well, it was just a stony beach down the road. And you go, yeah. I'm surprised you're not down there every day at the Stony Beach down the road. If I lived here, I'd be there. Exactly. It's, it's it was a, them. Yeah, it was the first time I'd ever been there. But for the for the farmers, they're going there every single day. So it's they don't see it as anything unusual. Whereas for me, I thought it was so rich in culture. And I just was, I was eating it all up. I loved it. <laughs> and I suppose as well, I'm thinking aloud here, but I suppose it's a, a very supporting out, outing. All these people have the same idea. They're supporting one another mm. and they can converse with one another. Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of winking and nudging going on. There's no one actually putting up their hand saying, I'm going to buy that cow, <laughs> which I think is like really lovely because they all know what's going on. And I went with one of my best friends to the Castlery Market. I brought her along with me and there was little tiny calves going for €2 Euro and nobody was buying it. And 
my friend was saying, will I put my hand up? And I, I was saying, I don't think that's what you do here. I think it's all very discreet and subtle. So I think that's, that's hilarious as well. Mm-hmm. That's something that, if you don't go, is you're kind of scratching your heads. Because I'm wondering, how do the auctioneers even know who wants what? So they all know what's going on. I suppose, yeah, you have to learn, learn the language of the mark. A hundred percent, yeah. And I definitely don't know that language yet. Mm. <laughs> and what about the buildings themselves? Are they warm or cold? I went in during the summertime last year and then I went all throughout the winter time and I think in the winter time they're cold places for sure uh, in the in the summer there's a little bit more of a buzz because there's the kind of trucks food trucks outside but I think wind rain or sunshine these farmers they go religiously every week and I think they don't really mind either they're just going to sell and buy livestock um but I think, like anything, when the sun is shining, it's always a nice place to be, you know. Was there anything that struck you as amazing when you started with the mark journey? Yeah? I think the sound of the auctioneer, uh, the sounds in general, I think that really was, for me, something that I thought was really unique to this community. I think, um, as I took photographs, I think there's such a generational kind of suppose you could say you know there's farmers with their sons that they're bringing them to the mart and this kind of sense of community and the fact that it's so rich in culture and this is this I know that there's marts in many counties but for Roscommon the, the mart is so important I think it does so much for the community so I just found the fact that it's so rich in culture I think that's that was my favorite part about this and it's still so strong and I don't think it's going anywhere anytime soon hopefully. I'm kind of with you because I wouldn't have thought of the mart as a place of rich in culture. Mm. But now that I'm sitting chatting with you, Laura, and I'm thinking about it, mm. yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, because a lot of the participants, I ask them, like, what has changed in the last, I don't know, 40, 50 years, however long people were going to the mart for. And a lot of them said, not much, it's the same thing. You go and you buy or you sell your livestock. But in terms of COVID, I suppose it, now there's a digital influence and all of that. But generally speaking, it's the same kind of rigmarole that happens. And I think that's what's lovely about this. There, there hasn't been much change. Um, now, don't get me wrong, there is, there's definitely been change in, term, yeah, in, yeah. in terms of the queuing system and booking in and there's more rings in in, in some of the marts but I'm talking about the basic buying and selling that's, that hasn't changed and that's still going to keep going on I'm sure So tell me a little bit about this exhibition that you have here I was lucky enough to um, so can I say browse Yes, sneak peek I sneaky peeked <laughs> and I've seen some lovely pictures mm-hmm. some nostalgia type pictures as well mm-hmm. I'm not going to give anything away yeah. but um you have a variety in the exhibition. Yeah, it's a mixed media exhibition, um, multi-sensory if you like. Um, I'm an art teacher myself and some of my hours are teaching um, children with ASD. So I wanted to bring in a sensory element to this exhibition so that there's something for everyone. So the installation is sort of there for touch. There's kind of beads that you can run your hands through or you can touch a rough surface the photography then is for sight and then there's audio for hearing as well. So there's something I hope for everything for everyone in this audience. And there is the current and the old uh, included in, in what I sneaky peeked. Yeah, absolutely. There's a little bit of 
you know, there's something for everyone. I think I'd love if kind of students from secondary schools would come to this and they would see that the installation that I've done is a kind of playful response to this uh, experience, whereas the, I suppose, the photographs are more of a traditional fine art side to the exhibition. And then, of course, the audio is where I've brought in uh, participants and they are a huge part of the, this exhibition and without them, it wouldn't be what it is. So it's a collaboration, I suppose. And that's starting on Saturday the 26th of March. Saturday 26th of March and it goes on till the Thursday 14th of April. Um, just, Laura, while I have you here, uh, Mosaic. Yeah. I've seen a... Um, a book. A book. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a book. A book. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I self-published a book based on the, the traditions of mosaics in Roscommon and the Northwest. This book was um, supported by Roscommon County Council and Creative Ireland. And this was a project that I did during, during lockdown and COVID. I was given the opportunity to... Um, further developed this project that I actually kind of had already started back in 2018 and this book is a it's a documentary photo book um, based on the geometric mainly geometric mosaics that are found throughout Roscommon and neighboring counties and it's there's a, a small intro uh, text based on the history and the trajectory of the project and some of these books will actually be on sale at the exhibition as well if people are interested. And what is the name of the book? The book is Roscommon's Mosaic Tradition, Geometric and Artistic Mosaics in the Northwest. I had a, a sneak preview of the book as well and uh, some fantastic um, mosaic pictures there too. Is there anything else you'd like to share with us, Laura? Um, I suppose yeah absolutely just come to the hope I invite anyone and everyone to come and see the exhibition I really do think there is something for everyone kids older people um, whoever you might think might be interested uh, I'd love you to come and have a look yes it's a community it's it's yeah it's suitable for the community and for all walks of life within the community yeah you'll either say oh gosh I remember when daddy used to go or my grandfather used to go, mm-hmm. or when their time's hard. Yeah, it's not just for creatives. Um, no, I think this is a story. Yeah, I'm not. This exhibition is is definitely. I want um, even if you don't know anything about art, I want you to come to this because I think you could. Everyone could get something from it. Laura Early, the March project: Stories of a Community, uh, starting on the 26th of March to Thursday the 14th of April, April in Roscommon Arts Centre. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Laura. Thanks for giving us this time on the arts programme. Thank you. Bye-bye. I have to apologise to Annette Barclay. Um, I will be playing your interview next week. I've really run out of town. I have two seconds to say thank you very much for joining us on the arts programme on Ross FM this afternoon, Wednesday. Uh, Without you, the listeners, and without you, the uh, artists, 